Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're back. It's the smoothest, most professional artists in the Baltimore area that have a podcast. The baddest, the, the smoothest, the most thankful. The most thankful. Ooh, it's that time of year, baby. It's that time to get that brine, get that turkey thrown into a bucket, leave it overnight for 12 hours, pull it out, rub it down with some butter, throw it in the oven. Mm. For like two hours, 45 minutes, you got a nice juicy turkey with some crispy skin. You don't even need to baste that shit if you brine it in a salt bath. Ooh. Ooh. That's culinary arts. We're not getting <laughs> off topic. No, not at all. Yo, by the way, that turkey you made was really, really good. Thanks, First man. day, the second day, and the third day. I had it three days in a row. Did you? So have I. Yeah. yeah. It was, it's fucking good. Oh, and also, um, on behalf of Gage, everybody, you're invited to Gage's friends, Friendsgiving. So we're going to uh, send you all the address to the closest hometown buffet. Do they have those here? No, they. I think real, they're called... CC's uh, Pizza? No, no, no. They got Sizzler, I think. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so we're going to... Golden gonna, Corral. There you go. Yeah, that's actually probably a great place to have right. Thanksgiving dinner. So we're going to invite everybody to Golden Corral, and we'll see you there. Yeah. All right, everyone. It's been a while, and... The art pros are here with a Thanksgiving special. Yep, we did zero minutes of research today. Zero minutes. Well, this is just a special. We've had years of research. How, how long have you been celebrating Thanksgiving for? 28 years. Yeah, 28 years. I got 25. This will be my 25th Thanksgiving oh. tomorrow. Shit, that's not true. I didn't celebrate it in the Philippines when I lived there. <laughs> Fucking un-American. That's terrible. Probably like 12. You mean America's reach hasn't reached that far yet where Thanksgiving celebrated in every country on the planet? Um, it's almost there. I, I feel like the Philippines would be a place I would celebrate Thanksgiving. <laughs> it's not very serious unless, like, the Phil like they're Filipino-Americans living here. But in the country, it's not really celebrated. There's a whole bunch of other, like, local holidays that people celebrate, like harvest holidays, but yeah. not in November. Yeah, it's crazy because I feel like every culture on the planet has a version of Thanksgiving, but most other cultures, like their version of thanksgiving is about the harvest whereas ours is about like yeah we're friends with the people we colonized epic <laughs> it's about gotcha <laughs> nah but it is definitely i think i think a lot of people hate on thanksgiving because they got tricked by hallmark to think that it's about like pilgrims and indians but it's really about celebrating that the farmers did a great job again and we have a bunch of food again yay like congrats to america yep. it's, it's a harvest holiday mm -hmm. yeah. it is it is so, uh, contrary to popular belief, friends might not back me up on this, but fuck the Thanksgiving haters. Celebrate a good harvest because every day might be the last day that you get to eat turkey. I'm not really a hater about uh, celebrations. Even though the history of this celebration is contentious, it doesn't really, you know, it's not anybody's responsibility that is alive today, per se. It's, like, directly. Um, it's fun. You get to hang out with family, get a couple days off, get an extra long weekend, which is always good. So the history will be a whole nother conversation. I think that any type of holiday where you can just chill and spend time with the people close to you is very good. You know what's going to be sick is when all the woke people convince the corporations not to celebrate Thanksgiving by being like, yeah, because then we can work on Thanksgiving. 
Uh, yeah. I can't wait till that happens. Yeah, it's going to be epic. So please keep explaining why Thanksgiving is not worth celebrating, please. I just love, I love working on Thursdays. It's just my favorite day to work every year. I'm always <laughs> like, damn, I fucking have Thanksgiving off. This is bullshit. I just wanted to show up tomorrow and, you know, breathe in chemicals and, you know, get burned by hot bronze. I fucking love that every day. You know what I think is that it does require a good rebranding. You know, just like uh, Columbus Day. Yeah. Just rebrand it. The history can be argued. It's okay to argue the history. Oh, it's... I got it. A second Indigenous Peoples Day. We'll have Columbus Day, and then after it'll be Thanksgiving. But it'll the day be after in... Columbus Day. No, it'll be so Columbus Day is now Indigenous Peoples Day, and then we have a second Indigenous Peoples Day on Thanksgiving. There is already well, it's, like, <laughs> it's going to be a third because there already is the Indigenous <laughs> Peoples Day. Oh, cool! And then Columbus Day is, uh, uh, I guess, uh, uh, Indigenous Peoples Day informally. Yeah, no, it's it's been called that. It's is it like legit? Yeah. Oh. I thought it was just another... Anyway, I don't even have my facts straight, everybody. Don't... These are art pros <laughs> don't facts. Don't quote me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is, why, uh, this is why we talk. Because artists aren't always right, even though we feel like we are. Well, that's the way to be a good artist, and that's what I'm thankful for, is that even when I'm wrong, I'm louder. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's good. It's good. Get the Squidward energy out. Oh my god, I can't... <laughs> I'm so happy to be potting. Yeah, it feel it feels natural. It feels like this one month break that is about to turn into a two month break. Spoiler alert. Um it feels like it's too long. Hey, but it's okay. Did you know uh hey listeners, hey interns, is anybody familiar with Filipino person time? Because that <laughs> is I'm I'm very guilty of that. I'm terrible. Yeah, me too. I'm always late. Me too. But here's it, not to digress too far, but um, the definition of time in Tagalog is extremely abstract. Tagalog is the Filipino language. Time just means like now, pretty much. <laughs> no, seriously. It's very, very interesting. I love it. And the way Filipinos perceived time when, you know, whenever they made up that word, was based not on seconds or minutes, because that is a different system of keeping time, but based on constellations and the way the star, or where the stars were. No, that's too confusing. I mean... I need little bits of sand. It's confusing now because we can't see the stars anymore because of all the air pollution. Yeah. But back then, it was probably like all people had to do because there was no internet. Well, I can't see it because of the roof, uh, but I'll take a roof... Well, why don't we just, yeah, let's just start potting outside. Well, in the Philippines, you don't need one because it's 100% temperate all the time. Yeah, but you need a watertight bathtub so you can float down the river. Just Dude. kidding. That's what my mom always used to say. Now about, she's going to get mad at me. My my mom told me one story once about how, like, the, the road near her flooded and she was in her bathtub floating in it. But, like, I took that as... Uh, my mom used to have to float what? in her bathtub during floods to get to school. And I'll never let that go because it it reaffirms my belief of what the Philippines is. Like when I think of the Philippines, I think of like thatch roofs and like sticks holding up the thatch roofs, even though there's like full, <laughs> like even though it's got like the most densely populated city on the planet. But per you know, capita. per capita, per capita, maybe. What? I don't know if it still is. That doesn't even make sense. Per capita? Isn't that per person? 
I thought it was per um, square mile. Or like, I don't know. Jamie, pull that up. <laughs> um. Well, no, you're right. It is densely populated for its size. What do you call that? Yeah, the uh, densely populated con- city. I call that confusing. I'm yeah. confused. Yeah, that's a lot of life. I think life is just walking around being confused. So what are you thankful for this Thanksgiving, Renz? I'm really thankful that I invested a lot of time researching about Filipino history because it's actually very interesting, and that's why I'm spewing out all this info. Speaking of boats, they say, uh, historians say that the first boat ever in Southeast Asia was found in the Philippines. Oh, yeah? Was it like some bigger, stronger foreign invader? No, it was Filipino. Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, And it was in like BC, too. Like before Columbus? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Cool. 100%. Sick. So I think that's pretty cool. And I learned that Filipino people are descendants of Australian people. Because Australia. Or uh, the Aboriginal people. Really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, they like found their way up, and then uh, the what they call the Austronesian people became the Filipino people, and then they started getting on boats and traveling intercontinentally. Damn, that's like, pretty dope. Like, so we were like in the Philippines, all the way to Hawaii. They say that's cool. So we're like uh, sea gypsies very very much so that's fucking awesome i've always thought it would be dope to like ride around in a boat with your dog and just catch fish and eat fish and <laughs> you know not have to do taxes or anything like that that'd be fucking awesome yeah i read about a lot of historical records of these you know uh, countries around the philippines writing about the skill of and craftsmanship of the filipino boat makers they even had a boat they could go forward and back because they designed the sails to be able to go like forward and back if oh, they really? needed to be yeah so it was like extremely agile and a very feared vessel if it was a warship damn it could go forward and back like like using the wind yeah damn i was on like a i was on this this kid that we went to school with uh sailboat like four years ago and we had to reverse and it was like this huge fucking effort and that was like you know an american-made sailing craft so it's it, pretty fucking embarrassing america learn how to go backwards <laughs> so uh, it's forwards 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 progress progress get a little conservative let's move back a little bit yeah <laughs> you know sometimes you gotta it's like it's it's a Probably akin to doing a crossover, but with a huge boat in the ocean. Oh, yeah. Because if you're like... So you're saying Shaq can't do it. <sighs> oh, no, no, no. This is like the Allen Iverson of boats. Oh, okay. That's pretty dope. Yeah. And the writing, I think, came from like Malaysia or something. Somewhere around that area of Southeast Asia, they said that there's this boat called the Cora uh, Cora or Caro Caro or whatever that was like very very scary and dangerous because they would like cross boats over and just like all these warriors would jump out and get you. You know, I have always felt that if uh, people played basketball in the water, I'd be a lot better at it. <laughs> Relative, like water polo. Yeah, I, I don't even know. I don't. I'm not even entirely sure what that sport looks like. So 
you're in a pool and on each end of the pool lengthwise are two nets where a goalie sits kind of like soccer and you pass this ball to your teammates while swimming and you have to throw it into the into the net well you know what i'm thankful for is i never played a sport where i might drown playing it oh shit speaking of uh filipino craftsmen check this out i think my ancestral blood is coming out oh yeah let yeah. me see what you're working with i've been i've been doing a lot oh, of shit with shit. wood everybody so for those of you who are not on stream because we're not streaming yet Renz has just pulled out a massive hammer, and it's not the hammer you're thinking of. It's more of a mallet. It's got a big head. The shaft is, is nicely shaped, honestly. It's pretty dope. I carved it with a machete. Yeah, it's, I mean, it, dude, it looks really good. I'm fucking, I'm proud of you. A bolo knife. That's from the wood you gave me. I know, I can see that. <laughs> yeah, guys, so for those of you who think we're just floating voices in space, uh, that's not true. Renz and I really, we do a lot of stuff outside of this podcast, like... Like, Renz is becoming a professional woodworker on top of his job in the esteemed art administration field. And uh, I, I play video games, like, a lot, like, all the time. So, we, bo we both have pretty cool things going on. <laughs> this is, dude, that's what I was doing before I started obsessing over wood. Yeah. I think, I think it's my ancestral blood coming out, like, oh, shit. I well, couldn't help it. it. It's, like, fun to think about how, like... So, the thing that some people argue sets humans apart from apes is, like, tools, right? Like, this desire to make tools. And whenever we see an animal make a tool or use a tool, we're like, yeah, dude, that's a smart animal. That's like <laughs> us. But, so, it, like, it's in our blood. Like, wanting to use tools is in our blood. Wanting to make tools is in our blood. Oh, yeah. It's in our genes. So the fact that you made this mallet just means that you're human. It just means you're human. Those of you out there, interns, who've never made a tool before, you've never, you know, made a ticking stick or uh, never built your own 3D printer or you've never, you never used a rock to open up a coconut. <laughs> Why don't you go out there and you make a tool, even if it's, even if it's something to hold your pencil that's that's long so you can stand far away from a piece of paper and draw on it from like eight feet away while you know like like imagine you have a phone and it's almost dead and then there's a wall outlet but it's across the room from your canvas but you still want to work but you also need to look at your reference image because you're not drawing from observation i mean what is this 20 2009 so you plug your phone into the wall eight feet away from your canvas oh no my paintbrush can't reach the canvas so you got to take a long stick and tape a paintbrush to it. Boom. You have a tool. A tool for that specific problem. You it's know. Fucking awesome. That is actually. Elongating a paintbrush is actually a really good way. To see what you're painting better. I got this advice from community college painting class. And my teacher said it's important to step back. If you're making a painting or a drawing. So you can see the whole thing. What tends to happen is if you're painting and drawing, you focus on one little spot and you get your perspective all messed up because you're focusing on the spot. And if you're closer to this painting you're making, the object feels bigger. So, you know, your sense of scale gets a little funky. You're going to want to take a step back. But most people have, you know, what, four, four to 
eight inch paintbrushes that they're using or Fucking at least weak. Yeah, that's how far your hand is away. You know what? Here's what I have. I have a piece of dried bamboo that I shoved a paintbrush in so I could really step back. Because you could still walk up close and paint, like, really close up by holding the brush close to your hand. But if you need to step back, you could still paint if you want to make a move real quick. You're like, oh, sh I see that this area needs this color or this shape. I'll just hit it right now. So And then I can still see proportionately the scale of the whole painting. It's important to see your whole painting within your field of vision. Let me tell you something. The level of skill of an artist is not measured by their level of success, but by the length of their paintbrush. I got like a 20-foot piece of rebar that at the very end, I don't even have a brush on. I just dab it into some paint and stab it into the canvas because that's what it takes to make it in this world. You got to use 20-foot paintbrush. So Gage actually has an interesting practice and method that I've seen him do live. He actually has one canvas in front of another canvas behind it in case he jabs through the first one. Then he has a whole other canvas behind to paint on. So, you know, the canvas in front will have all these holes in it from his, like, 20-inch rebar wire paintbrush. 20 feet, thank 20 you very much. Foot. 20 foot. 20 <laughs> foot. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. I mean, it's... It's amazing to watch, really. It's poetry in motion. That reminds me of my favorite tool. The best tool. It's This is Trump's tool. It's a tool that's also a weapon. It's a 20-foot piece of rebar. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that his tool? Because it matches the size of his dick. Oh. Yeah. yeah. I heard he only has one leg. Yeah, and the other leg is just his dick like folded in half. In half, yeah, definitely yeah. in half. I think yeah. he's like, uh, his, he's one of those people with shorter legs and, you know, bigger upper body. Yeah, and it's one of those things, too, where he always wears slacks, and it's it's because he's embarrassed. If you're listening, Trump, you don't need to be embarrassed of that. <laughs> well, you're talking about Baron, right? Yeah, Baron. Yeah, I'm talking yeah, about okay, Baron okay, Trump. Okay. <laughs> Mr. Trump. But how old is Baron? Old enough. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I'm thankful of making political jokes. I don't know enough about politics, I think, to make a funny joke. So making dick jokes and then just throwing politicians' names onto it is about as good as I can get. And that's, like, pretty much as good as most political art gets, too. That's pretty much, like, uh, uncle or dad joke adjacent, but, like, dad after a couple glasses of wine during thanksgiving you know what i mean like feeling feeling pretty good yeah dad's been building up all this fucking testosterone all year he's just got three screaming kids and like you know a partner that he can't make terrible jokes in front of so at at thanksgiving when you have the buffer of no one calling you out on anything you just explode uh you know they say that you shouldn't talk politics in Thanksgiving, but everybody always talks politics in Thanksgiving and explodes just like that. Everything, it's ugly. You know, that's why that's why we prefaced earlier that the, you know, Thanksgiving is a contentious holiday. Most people in liberal arts degrees, uh, especially, you know, hate, they hate Thanksgiving, but... 
I only talk politics and Thanksgiving. I walk in, I'm like, you know, the sales tax is really just a double tax on you. I mean, you get taxed when you get paid the first time, right? Why are we getting taxed again? Are you going to do uh, wear anything uh, Andrew Yang related? I'm probably going to wear a hammer and sickle hat. And then underneath it, it's going to say uh, something along the lines of who needs roads or something. <laughs> Just to throw everyone off. I don't know. No, probably not. I, I will... Mo- I have a feeling that my family is going to be... A lot of my family members are going to probably... If they know about Andrew Yang, like him. I don't know if that's because they're Asian or if because they like his policies. I'm not really sure if I like him because he's Asian or because I like his policies. <laughs> Maybe a little column A, column B, but you know, you got to be honest because there's people out there that vote like that, and I've just never had the opportunity to be like, yeah, that guy's my guy because he looks like me. Oh, man, I'm not going to lie. It's kind of... When, um, when I think about all of the debates i've watched this year i can't help but think about the super bowl oh yeah it's just so mm, theatrical yeah i like uh, obviously what they're saying they they want to do but when you get into the bureaucratic system like you know see there you go i'm already practicing for tomorrow for well, Thanksgiving. Well, that's the problem with the with the Democratic debates is they are a lot like the Super Bowl, which is such a boring sporting event that people watch for the ads, which <laughs> any other day of the year you just skip. Uh, like when you're watching YouTube, you're just like, oh, when? All right, five se- It says five seconds. I can skip this fucking ad. All right, I'm gonna skip this fucking ad. But then the Super Bowl comes around. Everyone's like, oh man, you see that Dorito Locos Tacos ad? Oh man, it was so funny. There's a fucking goat on there. I heard it was directed by Katy Perry. Oh, whoa. Yeah. But that's the reason why Trump gets so much support is because his debates are like watching fucking WrestleMania. Yes. Like you're seeing Macho Man Randy Savage oh like whip that out is... his balls on stage. And you're like, well, people, you know, they're just familiar with Trump because he's a lot more entertaining to watch on stage. Democrats really need to get the stick out of their ass and just start having dick measuring contests or something out there. Proverbial dick measuring contests. Because that's basically what it is, right? It's like, oh, I can pander better. I can pander better than them to this to this group of people. I can pander better than them to this group of people. I don't like either side. I think... Uh, I mirror the sentiment of most of the country, but at least the Democratic debates could be a little bit more interesting. I'm so glad that I'm old enough to be able to talk about this stuff and not actually know what I'm saying. Oh, me too. You know, like, so, um, a lot of the time I feel like people watch these debates just to say that they did. Yeah. Because it's important to, <laughs> oh, yeah. to at least be a participant in your country's government's decision making. That's cool. It's interesting. I've I've seen a couple, but I don't really feel uh, exactly confident about any candidates in either side. I also do feel that all of these political issues are sometimes sensationalized because, let's be real, like this shit's been happening forever. Like yeah. all of this political confusion and and uh, you know two sides. In in our country's history, the um, America, you know the the 
deciding and competing pretty much it's a competition to get what you want yeah and this country is built on that it's capitalism and it's 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 the media you know you got to work to get the information that you want to believe sometimes yeah i don't know it's just important to understand that well i'm gonna dole out some professional art pros advice to any possible you know democratic candidates out there for president (laughs) and this this one statement i i guarantee will win you the election it'll get you straight to that competition against trump where you can take him down in the octagon all you got to do and i'm hoping andrew yang does this is get up on stage you know you got you got uh, Elizabeth Warren saying, I'm giving everyone free college. You got Bernie Sanders saying, Medicare for all. You got Tulsi Gabbard saying, I just don't want to fight in wars anymore. You get up on stage and you just go, you know, all this is well and good. But I have the answer to the question that's really on everybody's mind. I know who killed Jeffrey Epstein. And if you elect me, then I'll tell you. <laughs> and you just leave it there. Because... We've gotten to the point where everyone knows all this other shit is is such ass talkery that that's honestly the most believable information that you might get on the fucking stage is like the, that's almost the most reasonable promise you could hear. By the way, if you want to vote for me for president, I know who truly killed Jeffrey Epstein. Duh, I don't know if anybody heard the mic drop, but Mike just dropped everybody. Gage Branda, 2020. 2024. 20, 2024. Yeah. 2024, because, yeah, the, you're not of age yet, neither am I. I'm going to let Trump do his his next four years. You know, uh, when I first moved here, I used to go to this local liquor store down the street. And... I made friends with the cashier guy, and he was like, yo, man, you should be in politics. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. You know, I uh, I don't know if I want to take <laughs> a liquor store cashier's advice, but for some reason he said that. Wait, what do you mean? I feel like a liquor store cashier understands people better than they understand themselves. Oh, wow. Nice segue. That's actually... that I actually... You know, you could write a whole non or a fictional novel about that oh i'm working yeah. on it that's pretty deep actually yeah no i'm working on it any fictional novel you can think of off the top of your head right now i'm working on it nice because i'm a writer no that's what you say when you're an artist you yeah know, I'm working, you know, <laughs> yeah i'm working on it yeah i got you know I'm, 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 yeah i'm actually doing a work about that oh you know how you know how um you know how google you just got just fired like three people were trying to labor organize yeah i'm already writing a screenplay about it don't worry i'm working on it <laughs> A screenplay. Yeah. Wow. Don't worry about it. It's gonna show. It's gonna star Shia LaBeouf. The next Jordan Key and Peele. Yeah. Yeah. Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. Wow. Does Callback. he? Does he direct? He does. He directed a movie like last year. Oh. He started dating like... FKA Twigs after that. What? I found all this out like two days ago from a Wikipedia article. Nice. Yeah, they already broke up. Oh, not but cool. Yeah, but I'm working on a screenplay about their relationship amazing i can't wait to see it <laughs> it'll you got to give me time you know it's hard when you're an independent writer and artist and uh film director like me 
So you got to give it time. I'm just working on shopping it out to a couple of production studios, see if they just want to do it, do it uh, pro bono. Hey, man, that's really exciting. I really like that one thing you made some time ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember <laughs> yeah. like six years great. ago, I did that thing that like a couple of people shared on Instagram. Yeah, the one thing some time ago that you did that uh, I really liked. Yeah, it, yeah. I still like it. And, like, if you didn't see it, you may have heard about it. I don't know. I try and keep things low-key. Not because I am bad at networking, but because, like, that's just my personality. Yeah, hey, man. Can I invite myself to see your studio even though I'll never go? go? Yeah, of course. Of course you yeah, can. Cool. Yeah. Nice. Nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, yeah. Happy, 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 happy. We're 29 minutes in. I'm thinking about... uh like curating a group show like maybe do you want to be a part of it it's i haven't come up with a title or anything yet but i need people of color to do it so i so i can get their cosign and not come off as as someone who's insensitive to the plights of oppressed people listen up everybody <laughs> i'm about to get super real here being being a social justice warrior is a trend so if you do not really believe in it, just don't do it. It's just, or, or really figure out, really figure out why you care about it. It's just so obvious. It's just so obvious. It really is. Like, it's, it's so easy to see. Okay. Let me backtrack. <laughs> First of all, there's a point in which you need to learn. There's a point in which you need to try things out and figure out, you know, how to be a social justice warrior. I what I like about that term best is the term warrior. You know why? Because it's hard and you have to fight. You have to work more than other people. You know what they say? My mentor says that you got to work twice as hard to get half as far. Really? Yeah. And I love that quote because it's true. Because to be a social justice warrior, you need to understand the plight that people who are working twice as hard to get half as far have. So if you don't get that, try. Before you, you know, do any quote-unquote people of color just saving. Just just don't try to save anybody. You know, what's his name? ODB, is, is ODB the, the person that made the song Captain Save-A-Ho? No, that's not ODB. I don't know. Right. Sorry, I don't have a repository of, of rap songs in the back of my head. Like, I do, but I can't remember. Ob Trice. <laughs> Ob Trice, no name, no, no gimmick. Teeth. She had no teeth. I miss I miss when rap songs were silly, like Ob Trice's song "No Teeth," rapping yeah. about somebody with no teeth. I miss when every rap song was about opening up your third eye. Oh, like, uh... like late twenty tens. Yeah, common. common, common. Yeah, just I common. I was just listening to the uh, Miseducation of Lauren Hill. Oh, really? Yeah, I love it. I mean, that's everybody can agree that that is a top tier S S plus tier album. I don't know, dude. If it's not by Eminem, I'm not listening. <laughs> I got a funny story about Eminem. I was about like seven years old, hanging out in the Philippines, and my aunt's seamstress business store and one of my cousins like ran in like super excited about something and he's only like three or four years older than me he's like dude rent rent rents and i'm a kid he's like i got something really important to show you this is the most groundbreaking and amazing thing i've ever heard it's insane i've never heard anything like it 
And I'm sitting there like trying to catch flies. Like I'm bored out of my skull. So I'm like, what is it? And he pulls out a tape, a cassette tape of Eminem's, one of Eminem's early albums. The one that, it was the first album where his daughter wrote the word Eminem and one of the E's was backwards. He was like, you got to listen to this. It's the most amazing. I've never heard this music before. <laughs> and I was like, what? And it was rap music. And that was my first introduction to rap music was Eminem. That's and crazy. Yeah, my cousin was like, his mind was blown. I was like, damn, this dude's talking about some real ass shit. My cousin did the same thing to me, except it was for that song, Colt 45, where <laughs> Afro Man raps about fucking women of, of all types. All, all types. You know, he fucked a girl from Hollywood. She had green hair, but damn, she looked good. He he fucked a girl from Okinawa whose pussy tasted like shrimp fried rice or something like that. That's how some of the rhymes went. You know, he never caught flack for that song. Pretty, That's, yeah. It was a pretty offensive song. I listened to it again, and I was, like, blasting it, and my girlfriend was in the room, so I turned it off because I'm a wuss. Just kidding. No, nah, it's just because it's a bad song. It is not a good song, per se. There's a lot of stuff in the early 2000s and 90s that are extremely... Like, you know, they would they would get shot down today. I mean, it's all the best music. Like, R. Kelly made some of the best songs of all time, and it's like, now I can only listen to it alone with my headphones on. I know. I'm really upset that one of my favorite songs ever, I Believe I Can Fly, which I heard from the hit movie Space Jam as a kid, is now canceled. Yeah. Which sucks, but the memory still stays with me. I want to know how far canceling goes. Like, is Space Jam canceled? Is Michael Jordan canceled? Is Lola Bunny canceled? Uh, Lola Bunny's not canceled because um, feminism is good. Oh, is the concept of aliens canceled? Like, how far does cancel culture really go? Like, how far is the reach of R. Kelly? Uh, I don't know, man. You're supposed to know this stuff. I'm the dumb one. No, I'm the I'm Donkey. Yeah. Well, Donkey's not dumb. Well, well he acts dumb. Yeah, Donkey's smart. He fucked a dragon. It's pretty, pretty <laughs> badass, honestly. <laughs> I think both of us are pretty dumb. Yeah, it's really convenient for making art. Because uh, cognitive dissonance is really hard if you think logically. You know... I think thinking too much is dumb. Yeah. And that's what artists do. I think too. I think so too. Like you, you see these crazy, I don't know how many of you listening are artists or if we've just completely alienated the entire creative class by now. Oh, alien, aliens are canceled. Oh yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, but you ever like, you know, you go to your local art newspaper and you read a clipping of a show description like an art show description it's got like 80 words to say this show is about nude portraiture like shit is so fucking annoying i just wish someone would like post a picture with a big text that said naked ladies in this show or something <laughs> and then maybe at the, maybe at the bottom like have a little barometer like a visual barometer of like whether it's leaning towards like misogynist misogyny or feminism and then like that's it Mm. <laughs> you know uh, like naked ladies in this show but it's really misogynistic but naked ladies in this show but it's like from a feminist lens dude like art it, art these days isn't supposed to be simple because 
it's intentionally supposed to be complicated so that the people in the fine art world can claim to be more intelligent because they have the more luxury and access to be educated in this very specific field. You know what's so funny is like the it, it's more than likely that this entire approach to the art ecosystem that is all about being presenting presenting yourself as like highly educated is almost almost certainly just a CIA operation to pur- purposefully make it harder to make dissenting content um like well, prop good propaganda that would just convince people not to like the government as much that's an interesting thought because throughout history there has been forms of educational elitism like for example in egypt nobody knew how to write hieroglyphics unless they were trained and for that matter nobody really knew how to read it either because nobody was trained to read it and it still happens today i mean it seems to be a very human thing this exclusivity and if you look at things like streetwear and fashion it's desirable it's something innate it's rare. It's like some guy in ancient times saying, ho, oh, oh, I know where to find the best rocks. <laughs> These are the hardest rocks. They're not going to break if you try to, you know, open up uh, bones to get some marrow. I know how to find the best rocks. It's the same shit. And then you got the people who paint on the walls. This is just my hypothesis. They paint pictures of horses pictures of things that probably were around just to say whoever whoever is here whoever comes here later after me uh this is what i saw you know it's the classic educator the classic person who goes on youtube to give you free lessons on something you know the classic podcaster who goes on spotify or apple music or Stitcher or Google Play who gives you a really, really excellent alternative to art education. And I know a really good podcast about that. It's called the Art Pros Podcast. Art Pros Podcast. Um, if you go to artprospodcast.com, you'll be able to find uh, where you can access these lessons. So, yeah, that's an interesting thing, Gage. I think, I think it's an innate human thing. To purposefully make shit that's illegible. Mm, or legible to a, a person who knows what it means. Oh, an educated upper class. Mm-hmm. Uh, educated class that is independent of the amount of wealth they hold, but mm-hmm. is solely dependent on saying that you're smart enough to understand things. Yeah, and this is why I can call myself a social justice warrior. I can call myself a jo- social justice warrior confidently. Because I think that people should be educated for free. I think people should get paid to get educated, to be honest. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So we can pay people like me to start podcasts. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, so I, uh, they, I found this really great Instagram. Uh, it's called pay, at paid.artists. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me more. Uh, I heard that they're working on uh, a bunch of new stuff. I heard that they're working on a bunch of new, uh, what was it, content? Oh, yeah. A bunch I've of new content and yeah. a bunch of uh, planning uh, 
they just finished their first season and they're planning on um trying to find more ways to share information and maybe even wealth wealth i mean you you know what jesus said yeah share your wealth jesus said uh you could teach a man how to podcast and he'll podcast for days but you could give a man a podcast episode and they'll i don't know where i'm going with this they'll generate wealth for a year yeah yeah interesting yeah yeah so you know just to summarize this is what we do oh (laughs) silly me I've just been talking about us the whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We do have a great <laughs> podcast, and I swear not all of it is just half-drunken ramblings about Thanksgiving. They're full drunken ramblings. I wish. <laughs> I can't drink like that anymore. I'm a full 25-year-old buck, and my knees hurt when I get up in the morning, you know, from my hard labor job. I can't afford to drink like that. I can't just get a, a handle of Kentucky Gentleman and smash the whole thing anymore and watch YouTube videos till 3 in the morning and get up at 7 a.m. and do my fucking job. Oh, but do I miss those days. I came up... You know, it's fun to be an artist, especially an ignorant one like me, because you come up with all these ideas you think are like fresh and new and they're totally not, but you have like these weeks at a time where you're just like, yeah, dude, I got this great fucking idea and like no one's going to do it or think of it. It's going to be fucking awesome i miss those days life hits you like a ton of bricks interns life hits you like you just ate a whole turkey leg and you need a nap yeah true true that well you know as an artist as an art pro much like all the other art pros listening interns what have you I'm I'm thankful for my privilege of being able to pursue a career in the arts. I'm thankful for the people that paved the way for me to be able to pursue a career in the arts. Because it's not easy. It's not easy because it's not a guarantee that you'll make money doing art. So you should really be, if you're an artist, that's that's what I think people in the arch can be thankful for amongst many other things. Um, you know, a life in the arts, we, we satirize these things because it sometimes feels really silly. Like, wow, I'm just doing whatever I want, like making whatever I want. And trying to convince others that it's valuable. I, in our society, it kind of is. Yeah. It's so valuable that art is hard to do. Because the value comes from what the people, well, the high value for it in the millions comes from the people who want to pay for that. But that doesn't make all the other art less valuable. Well, like, here's the thing, people. And I got to shout out to uh, Brad Trammell for for putting me onto this. Uh, you can follow him on Instagram at Brad, B-R-A-D, Trammell, T-R-O-E-M-E-L. But there's high-value art, and then there's art made for the love of it. And uh, I like what he's doing because he's trying to bring people back to this idea that the whole point and purpose of art is to do things that make life worth living. 
And that's, I think that's the reason why I feel so antagonistic towards art institutions is because their goal is not to produce art that makes life worth living for the people that need extra incentives to be happy in the world. Their goal is to produce art that makes a good coffee table or makes a good wall hanging or art that goes up in value for people who are so wealthy that they're probably happy. And if they're not happy, it's something chemical. You know, it's not a lack of happiness because we live in a stress-inducing society dependent on labor that we don't actually need. Uh, so, shout out to Brad Trammell for that. I think that the art pro's goal is similar. You gotta make art because you love it. You can't make art to fit into this institutional backdrop. And unfortunately, as an art professional... That can be really, really difficult, especially if you're trying to rely on your craft to eat. But it's the truth of it in the grand scheme of things that art is supposed to make life worth living. Oh, I'm thankful. Oh, I'm so thankful. I have such a, I have such a smooth and sultry podcasting voice. I'm so thankful that I can share the wealth, the knowledge that... I'm still paying for it to everybody to access for free, <laughs> and I'm happy. I'm so happy. It's like releasing a pressure valve from my brain. It's like, man, people... I was getting paid to go to community college from the grants that I received. Yeah. And the education that I received there was, in my opinion just the same as the education i received in micah the difference were the difference was the network that i was able to create in micah and that might have been from the pressure of loans <laughs> but it's yeah. still you know it was still it still happened and it was still a thing and there's still you know the people that go to a private art school are not going to be exactly the same as the people who take community college art classes because they want to learn how to paint and they're doing this in the evening because they're an attorney and they just, you know, this is something that they've wanted to do their whole life. But instead, they waited until they were 49 after, you know, having a fulfilling career and that type of thing. It's just a such a crazy contrast. I'll tell you what I'm thankful for. And I know you'll identify with this. I'm so thankful for choosing art as my profession because I, I don't have to spend a bunch of time sitting on my giant piles of gold counting it. You know, I make just enough. I don't have I don't have too too many riches. Not I you know. Don't ever have to worry about not knowing what to do with my money. It's fantastic. <laughs> I love it. I was just thinking of this recently, actually. I was thinking like how I kind of was pulled towards becoming an artist. My family warned me that it's going to be hard to make money as an artist, even though they supported me. And, you know, they even took me here and went with me to my school. Yeah. To visit. But they still had to do their job as parents and say, you know, it's not going to be easy if you're up for it. You know, just be smart about it. I'm really thankful for that. I'm I'm thankful because as an artist, 
I think that it's my uh, quote-unquote spiritual calling. I'm thankful because it's problem-solving. It's a transferable skill. Yeah, that's true. I can move forward and do, in my opinion, how I feel about it is I can do whatever I feel like doing. Um, but I'm lucky enough to have gone here and, you know met the people that I met and have the job I have now. It's, it's crazy. And I think it could happen for many people who really commit to it. It can, like you can, you can keep going. You can get a job that leads you to other things. This is what I see. I, I, I'm not trying to believe that I'll be in here for my whole life and, and in my position right now, but I do know that I'm learning a whole lot from it just because of, what it is it's in the field of art as long as i'm doing something towards that i don't think it's a waste of time or effort or anything like i i, I think it's a waste of time to feel like you're wasting time that's true there's well, always something to learn yeah that's true you know what else is true is that you can find the Art Pros Podcast on artprospodcast.com and on you can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, and iTunes. Thank you so much for tuning in to our Thanksgiving episode. And we hope to see you guys when we start the next season in January. Sorry for the delays, but we're working real hard, taking a break. You know, we sleep a lot on the job and you know, shit just piles up. But we're almost at 40 episodes. Isn't that fucking crazy? Yeah, actually, that's I've never done anything so consistently every week for the duration of a year. Well, that's not true. Because this is art-related, and I've been doing this my whole life. So, I hope that everybody has enjoyed this episode. And I, for one, I save the best for last. I'm very thankful for the interns, the listeners, everybody that supports us super duper thankful and i know you're all listening because you're at the very end and that's why i appreciate everybody that listens thanks guys we love you peace peace